iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Hello, everyone. Hi, thank you all very much for coming. Uh, we are very excited to have another episode or another feature here of our Meet the Filmmaker series. Uh, it's going to be with filmmaker uh, Emmett Malloy, who made a film uh, about a very intimate look into uh, the White Stripes tour of Canada over 2007. Uh, it's going to be great to have him speak about the film. It was an official selection at South by Southwest uh, for 2010. And uh, it's going to be a fantastic view at really everything about the movie. And it's going to be moderated by uh, Aaron Hillis, who's with The Green Scene uh, and The Village Voice. All right, please welcome Emmett Malloy, Mike Sarkissian, and Aaron Hillis to the stage, please. Thanks a lot for coming out today. Yep, thank you. So, uh, Emmett, you have a long and storied career with uh, music videos. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your, your career and your, your background and how you first met Jack and Meg White. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, music videos, I've been doing them for a, a while now. So I got into them. I, I made surf movies uh, back when I was a bit younger, and uh, I had three cousins who are professional surfers and we all just kind of got an idea one day, like, hey, we could probably make a movie if we just put all our resources together. And at that time, I was learning how to edit. And so I did. We filmed stuff and edited it together and made movies out of it. And we would always, you know, music is kind of the driving force of surf films, and it always has been. And we would put in bands uh, that we knew at the time, and those bands ended up being Blink-182, Unwritten Law, and bands that at that time they were just coming into their own music careers and through that relationship we you know again we're like hey we should do a music video and and so we did and we started doing a few for bands like that and you know those bands grew and we just kind of drafted along with it so you know cut to many years later i've i've gotten the opportunities to work with with most bands uh, that I enjoy, you know, and, and that's what the privilege is. You can like a band and go out and more or less solicit them to check out your work and who you are, and, and then you build off from there. So, you know, I've always been a huge fan of the White Stripes and, and always felt their videos were the kind of uh, the, the top shelf of everything out there in the music business, and so I always wanted to do one, so... I just wrote an idea uh, for them on their Get Behind Me Satan record uh, for a song called Doorbell, and Jack liked the idea, and it was that simple. Uh, by that point, I'd had enough of uh, a decent enough body of work where he was able to take a, the idea, look at what I had done, and, and it was that uh, simple, you know? And next thing I know, I was just meeting him at a hotel going over the idea that we were going to shoot the next morning and I think the experience was real positive and I, I think we both really enjoyed working together and, and you know even still you have to ma make a good video you can be the nicest guy in the world but for someone like Jack White if the video is not up to his level then uh, you're gonna feel it and so I think we did really well together and from there we've done quite a few more videos and then this film came as a discussion while we were 
on uh, shooting a video for Icky Thump, the first single off the following record. And anybody who's been out to a music video shoot knows you get a lot of downtime and a lot of time to discuss other things. And so we did. He was laying out the ideas for this tour and, and this trip uh, up through Canada kind of grabbed my interest and, and the conversation then led into like we should film that because that sounds like a very unique opportunity and something that even if we don't make a film with it, you're going to be happy you documented it. Uh, my Doorbell was the first video we had done with them and that was the first time we had met and then we went on to do uh, a Rack on Tours video for Steady As She Goes where they were all driving around in go-karts and we had um, Pee Wee Herman in that one, which was a big milestone for us and the band to, to work with him. And then we did a, uh, we did the Icky Thumb video and You Don't Know What Love Is. So we've done three White Stripes videos and one Rack on Tours video and, and then this film. So for those who haven't yet seen the film, what, was, what were those conversations that Jack was having? What, what did he want to accomplish with this Canadian tour? Why did he want to document it? Well, I, I don't think he did. I think that was kind of a conversation that we had and then, and then Mike and I kind of put together an idea for how we would go about doing it. But the, the idea really was um, they had never been to Canada before, them as a band. And, and you'll see in the film he talks about how he grew up right across the street and it was the only country that he had to pay to get into. So for one reason or another, you know, bands, it's a big world out there, and you, every record, you're like, you end up playing the same places you played the last time, just because that's the way the routing works, and that's what ends up being convenient and make the most financial sense. But where I really love Jack is his, um, you know, willingness to expand. He just doesn't want to do the same thing every time. I think every record, he wants to find something new to latch on to, you know, something new to make the experience more unique and uh, interesting to him. So, you know, I remember on the Get Behind Me Sa Satan record, they went down to South America and did a tour in all these unique places down in the rainforest. And I remember looking at some of that on TV just as um, like everybody else. I think I saw it on some MTV channel and it looked amazing. They were playing places that obviously nobody had ever seen a band like this play that place and I remember going wow well, I really give it up to that guy for always surprising me with something yet again you know new and and really interesting and so this one was the same thing it was him just going like okay here we are it's our sixth record what can we do to make this unique again how do we get some of that freshness back and for them it was also a big moment because they were celebrating their 10th anniversary as a band and so his idea was to go back kind of to his roots and he had a lot of his family come through Nova Scotia before moving down to Detroit so for him it felt like a you know a great historical place for him to be for him and Meg because it was where their you know where their heritage is from so it was, you know, not only just a way for them to play all these provinces and territories in Canada, which I don't think any band has done before, it was also a way for them to, like, properly celebrate 10 years together as a band. And for us, that's the story we got to tell. We got to go with uh, a really interesting band into all these small, out-of-the-way towns and really document them in this... Uh, really odd environment and then we were able to kind of tell 
a bit of their story of, of the White Stripes, you know, from the beginning to now. And, and I think that's what makes this a compelling film, is it's not just stuck uh, in a venue, you know, that you've seen four other bands put out, you know, DVDs or documentaries on live at Madison Square Garden or live at the Hollywood Bowl, whatever it is, that's generally the case. And we all enjoy those. If it's a band you love, then those things really always do the trick. But I feel this thing, we got to tell a bigger story and, and more stuff went down. And it was as much about where we were in the world as it, and the people we were seeing and the cultures we were experiencing as it was about the venue and the set and the, you know, what the live show was. Certainly that ends up being a huge part of the film as well, but people seem to be loving all those more personal moments and lifestyle moments in this film, which I'm happy that we were able to get them. And we'll definitely want to talk about some of those personal moments. Uh, Mike, I mean, well, you mentioned that, that, that Jack is very, uh, you know, he's, he's very well known as being picky and perfectionistic and you know he wants to make sure that everything is 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 you know fantastic and then you really said that? no no I'm, I'm just saying Jack Jack is known for that so then I was gonna say Mike I mean what was what was the what was the pitch to them uh, at that point I mean like what was your what was the initial approach before you even set foot not knowing what kind of circumstances and environments and people you were going to come across um, like Emmett said when we knew they were going to do this tour and hit all these different cities and try to go to every province in Canada, I think uh, Emmett and I, we sat down and had lunch with him, and our sort of philosophy is we wanted to document a moment in time where the band is now. And like Emmett said, it's the first time they're touring these obscure cities. It is their 10th anniversary. Um, we're sort of going an approach of we're going to be in a fly on the wall, but at the same time, we called people in the city did some sort of research on each town and that became another character of the film um, which I know Jack was a big fan of history and um, you know, he, he's a big reader he's very um, well read so our pitch to him is not only are we going to see you in these environments um, but they're going to be a character and a background of this piece and celebrate the band at the time right now in their career uh, you know, one thing we worked so well with them is, you know, the, Emmett's worked a lot with them. He's also friends with their management. There was a level of trust that we had with Jack and, and also Meg, and they were a part of the process. I mean, we weren't sort of, it wasn't an us against them sort of collaboration. It was, we're going to be with you the whole time. Uh, you sort of own this, and, you know, let's just let's just get in there and get the access and then we'll see what, what comes out of it. And sorry, go ahead. Uh, no, the, the, besides, you know, some really fantastic concert sequences and some, uh, some really odd locales, uh, you know, we'll, we'll definitely have to talk about some, some of those as well. Uh, you know, the, the, what I really like about, about the film is that, is that the two of them do come on to talk about some of the, uh, you know, they, they do a little mythology busting. You know, it's such an iconic band, but there are all these 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 perceptions that people have. You know, uh, whether or not they're related. Uh, you know, what's what's with the the black and white and red all over? I mean, like, is it is it a calculated thing? And he does a great job at at addressing some of those things. Uh, what did you, what did you do to to be able to get these things out of him? I mean, like, what what got him talking about these things when he hasn't necessarily in interviews? And you know, ten years is a long time to be a, to be a big band and not not to have addressed some of these things in a in a film document right i think what uh, i'm you know 
building on that, there was there was a level of trust. So I mean, there were moments where more was revealed. There, you know, there, we were there every step of the way, and I think it just got curbed. We wanted to, and Emmett, you can chime in here, but we wanted to protect, you know, sort of what Jack has done with this band, and we we opened it up as far as he and Meg felt comfortable with, and also just kept with the mystique of the band. I mean, you watch the film and you get to know them a little bit and you definitely are with them in these really intimate moments, but there still leaves a little bit of mystery. And um, did, did you ever feel like you wanted to push it a little further just to see, just to see what you could get? Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, you know, I mean, <laughs> we got plenty, you know, and I think uh, the thing I like about this film is y you get probably more than you ever have of this band, but you don't get anything that you were hoping you would get, you know, and I, I think once that's given up, then, uh, you know, some of the fun's gone. So I, I think, you know, certainly we've we got a very real go at it. And I, I think one of the biggest things to credit the ease of, of both Jack and Meg in this process is that we were in places where you try to shoot something like this in Los Angeles and it, it, you just don't feel like you can kick your feet up, you know, in any way. And, and by being where we were... Um, it, w it was just an easy place for them to be comfortable and casual and they're, they're, it was them just being themselves and it was them letting everything out really easily because there was no distractions, there was no scene, there was nothing for them to get um, kind of overthink anything. It was like, hey, let's just do it and whatever happens, you know, I know that they, uh, that Emmett's got our back and would never, yeah, he may show me something that I'm like, ah, I don't really like that part. But ultimately the relationship was, there was a lot of trust in it. And he knew at the end he could get the film that he was happy with. But Mike will, no, we, we our first edit is more or less the finished film, you know? And there was some live moments and some things that obviously like, uh, we, we were able to kind of go, okay, I see what you're, you, you like that shot better than you can kind of then uh, address it front to back. But we made a film that, uh, that everybody was really happy with right out of the gates. And that's because it was just, it was exactly what happened up there. And, and we didn't drift too far from that. And we didn't have to make anything up and we didn't have to spill any beans. Everybody got the emotions and really got to see how they, work and it's a very intimate look at at the two of them together and it makes your mind race it really does everybody who watches this film has a million questions and i don't have the you know the answers you know i just was able to put down what we got and it seems to be um you know giving people a lot about this band which i'm really pleased with and and you know although they have questions they still walk away pretty satisfied well, not to uh, not to reveal all the magician secrets, but you certainly had you know such intimate access, even more than what's just in an hour and a half film. Uh, another another great myth busting in the film is is May, uh, Jack talking about uh, you know whether or not Meg ever gets to talk. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that that you do that I think truly underlines this is and just kind of underlines just how reserved Meg is. She's subtitled throughout the entire thing because she speaks so quietly that you need to. So I'm really curious, seeing that dynamic up close and personal, I mean, what did you glean having spent this much time with them as far as how they interact with each other and, and you know, just, just what their, their personal dynamic is beyond, you know, yeah, it's loving and bandmates? Yeah, it's, it's a very 
deep relationship, you know? I mean, everybody, again, has been coming to me with that question. And, you know, whether they're a brother, sister, husband, and wife, it, it's, those are very um, deep relationships in either of them. So they have aspects of all of it. It's a very, uh, like, I have two sisters, and, and it's tough love, you know? There's some great days and some not-so-great days, but it's kind of a... Uh, you get a lot of leniency in those relationships to to take the good with the bad. And so I think for the two of them, um, you know, this this was a, a very, like, uh, emotional trip. You know, this was something where they were reflecting back on 10 years together, and they were, you know, kind of... Uh, I guess showing us a lot of who they were and and you can watch this film and just get so much out of them just from their live set and watch how they stare at each other the whole entire set because she's trying to predict every move he's gonna make and that's that's a really difficult job but she by this point has gotten so good at it that that alone lets you see that they can basically finish each other's sentences and no no set lists yeah no set lists nothing of the sort and and that's an adventure every night and it was for us filming and certainly it is for her drumming but you know the one thing I'm happy about that comes out in this film and in fact I read it I think in a review today that they, you know, they call, in an article, they called Meg the older sister. And I, I think that's what you watch this film is you see that it's a very equal relationship. She doesn't have to say much. He kind of does most of the talking. Certainly in the movie, there's some personality moments of her that are going to surprise people. Some scenes where she's out uh, showing probably more than she ever has. But in interviews, Jack's the kind of you know, vocal piece of the band, and, and that's just the way it is, and I think she enjoys that. I think she likes the fact, yeah, it's great. He kind of does all the interviews, and I sit back, but in the movie, we have fun with it. We openly address it. We, you know, we use subtitles because we thought it, A, it was functional. It, we, we were really having a hard time getting people to, un, you know, understand. I'd ask people, hey, what do you think of that scene? They'd be, I, I didn't really understand it. And so it was just kind of something that we did as a joke and it ended up being you know adding one more little level of character to the film and you know in the movie he sits and asks her you know basically why she you know doesn't talk and then proceeds to talk right over her and I think that's gets the biggest laugh in the film and I think that's what Jack saw I'm sure he looked at it and said wow am I am I coming off uh, like a mean brother or you know but really you watch that and and everybody laughs at it and I think he sees that it's like you know, endearing. there's yeah, it's it's it is. It's a very endearing relationship they have. But like any brother sister relationship, it's like you know you kind of jab at each other a little <laughs> as you go. You've seen so many performances now. With I mean, with this alone, I mean even more so than that. What, what do you think it is? What, what do you what do you think is the secret uh, of of how two people can put out? so much sound and just so much magic on a stage and just con control a room. Well, first of all, uh, adding on a mag a little bit, and this pertains to this question, she, she is a badass drummer. I think she gets a lot of heat for, uh, or there's a lot of critics that she can't really drum, but she's a great drummer. And she keeps that band and that rhythm going. Um, it is incredible to, you know, we are on stage with them throughout this whole process. And it is two people, and Jack is jumping from the organ to the guitar to vocals. I mean, 
he is making every sound on stage happen physically. And in this film, you're going to get to see that. I mean, you are right there with Jack. You're seeing him have a guitar over his shoulder as he's hitting the organ, coming back to the guitar. You're seeing Meg go up and do vocals while he's, uh, you know, they make it happen. And it's, it's quite incredible, you know. Uh, both of you, I mean, you, you, you worked together before, and both of you individually make, make your own music videos. What to you, from a filmmaking standpoint, I mean, just how different is the experience of going from the short form to the long form of making something that, that this was addressed earlier, that, you know, so many rock docs are, are kind of boring, you know, the, the camera's pulled back, and it's just, it's just a matter of just capturing the performance, but there's no, there's, there's no cinema in it, and so this movie is cinematic. Could you talk, talk about going from music videos to a longer form and still keeping, keeping that excitement and, and inventiveness going? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a big leap, and I've done it both successfully and unsuccessfully, you know? Like, uh, and, and with this one, I think what we got is that layers of... This thing became more about their relationship and their dynamic as it did about the music itself. And I, I think that's what made this transition easier for me at this point, how to make something translate longer and be something that you can watch for an hour and a half and actually not feel like, oh, there's that same shot again. Oh, well, it's nine cameras. And I, you, by the song number two, you've already kind of seen everything. And, and it just continues on for there. So, you know, I, I feel like... Um, that with this film, there was so much more storytelling going on that it was easy for me to, uh, you know, kind of continue down the road. Of I felt like we just had an abundance of uh, materials, you know. I think that's what made the big difference. And we were able to have a beginning, middle, and end. And there was a relationship that was really kind of unfolding before our eyes. And then there was a dramatic ending, you know. And it's that's, you know, kind of storybook you know, like storytelling 101. It's like we had that in this film. It started to unravel. And, and when you make documentaries, that's what you hope for. You're just running, chasing, and getting everything you can, knowing that the real movie making's happening after the fact. And it, it happens when you start editing. And I credit a good editor that I had in Tim Wheeler and uh, just having the time and the ease to make this the film I wanted with no rush. Because, again... Jack wasn't waiting for this film and waiting for it to come out. We kind of surprised him with a cut, and then we started building the film, you know, kind of more actively from there. But, um, oh, sorry. No, please. Uh, but, I mean, we are, we, do, we for music videos for, to, to long form, too, music videos, we're given a track. We're basically reverse scoring music. Like, we have to put images to music. And, um, you know, this time we actually have to somewhat develop the story and make the script. So, uh, you know, Evan mentioned Tim Wheeler, who is our editor and co-producer, and Giles Dunning, who is our cinematographer. These are all our same guys that we do use for videos who also have a love of these films. And, um, you know, it was somewhat of a, it was a challenge, definitely, but I think because we do love that process, and it made it happen, but it was uh, on a, logistical standpoint yeah you've got a it's definitely different you know you have to entertain someone for an hour and a half but create that script rather than being given the music to do so 
Well, you, d- you definitely had some great caught moments. I mean, uh, we won't give away the dramatic ending, as you said, but it is a very moving way to end a rock doc. Uh, and some of the performances, you, you, see, you see them playing on a boat and in a bowling alley and all sorts of great locales. So on or off camera, what would you say is your single favorite moment from, from this tour? Um, I, I really enjoyed the scene where they, uh, Jack and Meg were walking together on the, out in that bay, which looked like a big glacier. And uh, that, to me, was one of the most uh, interesting things I've ever filmed. And with that song that plays behind them in the film, the We're Gonna Be Friends, it just, to me, uh, I don't know, there's something about that one where every time it comes on, I felt like we kind of planted Jack and Meg on the moon. And... And again, by that point in the film, you're analyzing every gesture they make every time, you know, and so I feel where it's placed in the film, it just has uh, a lot that you can read into. And I I enjoyed filming that one the most of them all. Mike, your favorite moment? Uh, I'd say off camera, just, is anyone Canadian in here? But uh, the Canadians were absolutely amazing. They were very... I'm saying Canadians, like, there's this whole troop, but uh, seriously, every town, every sort of uh, support we had along the way, uh, just meeting all these very interesting people, very helpful people, learning about the cultures and and just little tiny idiosyncrasies of the trip, I think, were the most memorable that we took back. Um, and the one-note show was yeah, a show showstopper, so I think that one ended up being a pretty... The infamous memorable. one-note show. I yeah. didn't think I'd ever see that on camera. It was, it was great to catch that. I, uh, we liked it so much that, uh, you know, we, we kicked the whole deal off with it. So um, that to us was, again, that's from the wild mind of Jack White. He gave us lots of interesting ideas to go out and be a part of. So, um, you know, this film was definitely, uh, you know, bringing his tour and his mind to life a little bit, and we were just lucky to get out there and do it. How about a worse ink off-camera moment? Arriving in Halifax, and none of our cameras were there. That's Ooh. really fun, yeah. <laughs> Documentary, fun. always an adventure. Yeah, really fun. Did anybody get a chance to go uh, see the film at the Paramount last night? Well, we definitely have some White Stripes fans yeah, there in was the like audience. F- that was like 70 hands in the air, amazing. Seven, <laughs> se- 70 <laughs> billion. That's amazing. Good work, everybody. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm sure there's some White Stripes fans in the audience, so I'd like to open it up to all of you and see if you have any questions for Emmett and Mike. Uh, the question is whether or not this is uh, Emmett's first film uh, working with music and if he plans to do anything else in the future. I think I'm uh, nothing in the future. I'm actually uh, just going to retire tomorrow and uh, go work for Cinnabon in the mall here. But, uh, I, you know, this isn't the first time. I've done a few. I've done a couple concert documentaries on uh, Jack Johnson and Ben Harper and um, done a few of those and done some long-form surf documentaries, which... Um, are about you know traveling and finding waves and and play in a more long form but certainly I plan on doing a lot more films and and making a lot more music and doing a lot more music videos and I feel like uh, if anything this film has got me more inspired uh, as a filmmaker than I've ever been in my life so I, I feel and hope that I can take the experience I had on this one and and the confidence I have after this one and go out and and do something else interesting. Doesn't have to be music. I like 
making jokes and you know I'll do a comedy a drama whatever I feel like I kind of enjoy all movies I just hope to do one that I can do well because it's a real process it's two years of your life minimal and it really sucks when you're not loving what you did so that's the one thing I've learned as I progress as a filmmaker is that um, do lots of short projects some will be good some will be bad but Certainly, as you get into the long-form things, like really believe in it and uh, make it worthwhile because it, it really takes a lot of your energy and uh, time and life. So, yeah, I, ho I hope to do a lot more films. You, you, you mentioned the, the surf movies a couple times now, and yep. you guys live out in L.A. Do you surf? Yes, I do surf. Uh, it's kind of, you know, my one little place to not be looking at your phone or your computer or working so I, I really value uh, my surfs and it, it, being from there it's kind of a prerequisite so uh, I, I try to do it as much as I can. More questions out there? The uh, question is, is about uh, Emmett's long career in music videos and if he has a favorite yeah, that he is, he's directed. I will give you a, like a, a, maybe a top five because uh, it's hard to... But um, I think my, my favorite one uh, or you know, up there would be the first date video from Blink-182. That, that one I never get tired of watching. We did one for Jack Johnson which was one shot and all backwards called Sitting, Waiting, Wishing that I was really proud of pulling that one off. Um, I really enjoyed the My Doorbell video with the white stripes. We shot it at the Magic Castle in Los Angeles, and it was uh, them playing to a bunch of young kids. And uh, that was a really just a, I, I thought it was a beautiful video, and I just loved the dynamic of that band playing to a bunch of kids, and it was a really fun day. And then I, I really enjoyed the um, Icky Thump video that we did for the white stripes. Uh, that was felt like the most... Uh, glorious video I'd ever done. I'd never been ha handed such a heavy track and it even got my mind to a way different place. I I'd never done anything that, uh, well, it felt darker than the things I had done in the past. And then we did a video for an artist uh, called Matt Costa. And uh, it was a one-man band of him rolling through San Francisco while me and Mike just chased ar him around. And I just love the charm of that video and, and feel that one stands up great to anything that I've done. So those are, oh, and then uh, I'll throw in a six. We did one with Jack Johnson and Ben Stiller that was really fun to do. And, and uh, I, I feel like it's fun to make a couple jokes. And then number seven, we did one with Will Ferrell for Anchorman, which I just was, uh, I had to drop that one in because that was a lot of fun to do uh, the afternoon delight video. More questions? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, yeah the, the question is, is when, when capturing emotional moments, when, when to, uh, you know, that is a good question, though. And, and uh, do you ever feel uncomfortable? Do you, do you ever feel like, like you're, you're maybe invading someone's personal space, even though they know they're on camera, that maybe you should look away? I think it's a fine line. I mean, I, as we were with them, we sort of became furniture in a way. And 
you do sometimes feel that you should not be in the room at that time, but you just have to keep going. It's like getting your teeth drilled a little bit. Like you, you need to get that <laughs> cavity out, but it hurts a little bit. Um, I think you, you keep it going. You keep it rolling. And um, at any point, we probably should have given Jack and Meg a safety word. But, um, you know, if we set, told them if, we wanted, if they wanted us out of there, we would be, respectively get out. So. I, I got to say, for, for this film, um, it is the film it is because they let us stay in the room. You know, I've, I've been shot a lot of bands where you can just read it in their eyes and you start realizing that you're not getting anything compelling. It's just this uncomfortable moment. I'm like, yeah, I could hang out in here, I'm sure, but it's not leading to anything. I, I think Jack and Meg just let it all happen and knew just deep down that they could not include any scene that they were uncomfortable with but it is you know you're filming and the whole time you're looking at them you know over the camera while you're trying to get a good shot and it it really is just a delicate balance and and it is going in there with a real small crew so that you're not bringing lights in and you're not all of a sudden uh lighting it for this make-believe scene you're just filming what is happening and i think that's something that we did well on this film is we, we didn't have very many people at all and that made it incredibly challenging at times to get the type of stuff we wanted to get but by it we got the intimate stuff that I think you know is it turned out to be the right decision yeah so yeah it's it's a uh, take some getting used to man that's for sure we're married yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're just trying to f figure out what state to live in. But uh, yeah, we, we, uh, we've worked together uh, several times and we, we share an office together. So it's something that, um, you know, we, I'm trying to think of the first thing we did together. Was a, it a, a Kakua. Yeah, we did. Five, there's five, six, there longer than that. Yeah, we did a Jack Johnson uh, concert in Hawaii together. And I think the relationship just built really well from there. And uh, you know, I'll say the one thing, like Mike said, our, our crew, I can kind of credit again as to why this film turned out the, the way it did. And, and like it or not, I don't know, but certainly I'm proud of what we did. But we were a real cohesive unit by this point. You know, we, we knew how to, you know, really, we didn't need a lot of gear to tell us what to do. We could go in there with real minimalistic stuff and see each other from across the room and go, okay, well, he's filming that, so I'm going to get this. And, you know, normally you have all this stuff that you're depending on walkie-talkies and monitors just to complete what you're there to do. And, and I've been stuck with that a lot because sometimes you go shoot bands and you don't even know the first thing about them all that much. So you show up and you really need all these devices just to make sure that you're covering what you need but the you know the relationship with this band and the fact that we had all worked with them several times and then our relationship together um, allowed us to just really do a good job and and get in there with very few resources and and pull off a full movie which um, yeah so our, our relationship started just doing a live show and and Mike was a friend but he ended up producing it and did a great job and then you know like anything once you have a good experience you just hopefully keep going and getting better and better at what you're doing and and i think we're we got this one down pretty good now yeah and our crew our, our dp our editor our editor is actually in our office as well and we all hang out and we're friends and we have similar tastes and 
I, I don't think we could have done it any other way, honestly. I think uh, hiring people blindly, I think, would have been, would not turn out the type of, everyone, they're all filmmakers, so they all really enjoyed the process, and that was neat. So it's a really neat, special sort of relationship we have with each other. Any more questions? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, since we since we are in the Apple Store, uh, we're getting getting a little geeky here about uh, the technical and uh, your workflow and digital versus film uh, and. I'll let so, Mike yeah, do sure. this because um, we, we had some funny experiences and had a lot of adversity. So. Um, uh, yeah, I'll s like Emmett said, we had literally we flew with five people. That was our crew. We had some support staff, just PAs and some local people helping us out in each town. Um, we brought with us two Aton 60 millimeter cameras, and uh, the P2 was really popular at the time that just came out. We brought uh, one of those or two of those, and then um, some sound gear and a few Bolexes. Yeah, and a few Bolexes. And about 30,000 feet of 16 millimeter film. And so we had to haul all that stuff. We came into the office and we tore up all the cases and laid them out on the floor. And we tried to, we were on the, uh, the private plane with Jack and Meg and the crew. But trust me, private plane, this plane was not like a G4 jet. It was basically a cargo plane. Yeah, it was like a with Greyhound seats. bus. Yeah, it was, it was pretty uncomfortable and tight. So we were very limited the amount of gear we could bring. Um, we actually broke out all the gear and put them in video bags, and to, it, was, it was really hard because five people to carry all this stuff around. Shot 16, a majority of the film is 16. I think we only, like 5% might be video. Uh, we, we really wanted to shoot as much 16 as possible. Transferred the 16 to uh, HD cam. It was a 1080p 23.98 for all the people out there. Um, we cut on Final Cut, uh, and uh, you know, uh, yeah, cut, cut everything on a final cut. Um, our, the music tracks were mixed by Jack and uh, Vance Powell. They mixed all of our music. Um, we then, once we finished the cut and final cut, we up-resed all our footage back from the masters. Um, did a proper sound, we took Jack's mixes and did sound design on, on our own. Mixed that in for a final, uh, we have a 5-1 mix and delivered it at uh, HDKM SR at full res. So it looks beautiful. I mean, I hope you guys see it on, uh, we, di we, are, we did make a Blu-ray and a DVD, so hopefully you get the Blu-ray because it looks pretty fantastic. Since at the time we didn't really know uh, what, where this was going to get released. We didn't know if it was going to be a film, a DVD release, um, so we just, begged our colorists that we use all the time to transfer everything HD and at the, at the best res we possibly could. This would probably be an opportune time for uh, for a little plug here. This is coming out really soon, uh, Tuesday, yeah. this Tuesday. Yeah, this Tuesday. So this is this is going to be a big deluxe package. Could you talk about what's 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 going into that? Yeah, I mean, there, it's a, an incredible package. I, I think, again, I um, applaud Jack always for his uh, attention to detail, and I think this is one of the few bands that people latch on to every piece they put out so the deluxe set is there's you know it's the film under great white northern lights and then um, there's actually a companion uh, film that comes along with it that's 
the whole 10th anniversary show in Nova Scotia. So a two and a half hour show that's the companion uh, film to the proper film. And then a double live CD, there's a vinyl, a seven inch, and then a, um, like a 300 page coffee table book that's photos by a photographer uh, by the name of Autumn DeWild. And she went along with us, so she was shooting stills the whole time we were uh, shooting the film. So all of that comes together in one big collectible package with some uh, limited artwork. And uh, it's a fantastic piece. I think people are going to really enjoy it. And then you're able to buy each one on its own, too. So if that's uh, a little too much for you, you can pick and choose the, the parts that you want of it as well. Because the record by itself is a fantastic White Stripes record. And by the fact that they're not making a record right now, and who knows when they will. Um, it's it's nice to have a, a new White Stripes record in in some regards. It's a shame you couldn't put uh, enough care into this uh, package. Yeah. Uh, one more thing, you can actually, uh, if you have cable and IF, the I, IFC has on demand right now. They started it last night, so video on demand, IFC, buy it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and yeah, thank, thank you, Mike you and Emmett, for coming out today. Yeah, it was appreciate really it. nice. Thank yeah, you. thank you guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Sure, man. Thank you.